it's a slightly different meaning this morning. Normally at this point we'd probably be, you know, perhaps uh, sharing a passage from the Bible and talking about that. But we, uh, as we mentioned on the the the, uh, the notice sheet, um, the, the e-news that came out uh, earlier this week, um, what we wanted to do was just talk a little bit today and communicate with you about... Um, uh, a bit about our way forward together as urban and um, so so what I want to do is just share a bit about the next stage of our journey together what we're trusting God for uh, for our urban vineyard Farno so there are a few changes in the leadership arrangements so I'll spell those out for you in terms of what we're what we're seeing what we're what we're thinking um, and, and the purpose of that really is um, you know really it, it's just to lay that before you it will give you an opportunity you know to pray and to seek God and, and and maybe just to to share a bit about what you feel God might be saying over over the coming days and then we'll we'll take that uh, back into consideration in prayer just to help us as we navigate and steer through so um I just want to you know if, if if I kind of the story so far do the recap um is that um uh, I think we shared um probably before Christmas that um as a leadership, uh, the leadership community, there's about 10 of us in that leadership community. Um, we'd, we'd been increasingly having a sense that, you know, those leadership arrangements had served us really well through, you know, particularly through the pandemic and all the lockdowns and the half openings and the shuttings and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. And actually it'd been, uh, been fantastic, uh, uh, way of working together and leading together and um, my favorite um, my favorite kind of metaphor that we kind of talked about there was a bit like when a bunch of cyclists go out they kind of they can kind of go out like a peloton little group and because if you're if you're kind of at the front the wind resistance is really hard so it's really hard to pedal and if you kind of tuck in a bit behind you get the you get the you, you're kind of in the slipstream and it's a bit easier and so a peloton will go and then what will happen is one person will get a bit tired and then another person is kind of tack into the front and they take the lead for a bit and and the group kind of carries on but they're kind of sharing the load and that's pretty much how we have been uh, leading urban with that with that group of us for um, a period of uh, I guess. I can't, I can't think how long, a year or two now. It's got it to the background. But, but you know, um, and, and that was a brilliant, I think it was a brilliant transition from Lloyd and Vicky uh, taking the retirement from obviously being the being the senior pastors here. Um, but we had this sense that um, although it served us well, there's now a need for change. There's a new season and we need to change things to make them sustainable because we've got a, a, a group of people fitting this in in amongst spare time and uh, a lot going on in, in, in almost everybody's lives around that group. And, and we kind of thought, actually, it, it, it does feel like it's a, it's a season of change. So so we, we, we shared that with uh, with you guys, uh, uh, you know, towards the end of last year. And I want to say um, a huge thank you to those of you who prayed uh, since that. And those of you who shared your heart, shared uh, encouragements, shared uh, thoughts and, and shared words and pictures as well of what you thought God was saying. And, um, you know, that was, we really felt, um, we really felt encouraged by that and blessed by that. Like it wasn't, it's like kind of we've, something we've got to work through together. So, so um, now look, what we see um, before we think about how we change things, one of the things we always do, this is a church that we believe that the Bible is God's word. We believe that ultimately if we've got an opinion and we say one thing and the Bible says another, if God says it, his opinion probably counts more than ours. So we, we want to come under the authority of God and do things uh, the way that we see in the Bible. And what we see in the New Testament is, um, first off, leadership doesn't really operate like the world around us. There's no entrepreneurial leaders of small businesses. You know, that's not what churches are. Um, 
But you think about what, um, you know, God basically invests authority through self-giving servanthood. And if you think about, um, you know, when the disciples were talking about leadership, he, he just said, not so with you. The world's like this, but not so with you. So, so we're not looking for that kind of model. We essentially want to uh, be, be servant. What we do see, if you look through the New Testament, is you see a couple of different types of leadership. Um, you, uh, in the New Testament, there, there, was, there was a group called elders, and they'd be appointed really to give vision and direction spiritually. Um, and also there'd be more practical uh, leaders as well uh, that they call deacons at one point, And they were you know, recognized really to serve practically so that things get coordinated and things practically get done. Uh, you know, and, and, and the, all the things that Rosemary was talking about in terms of the mission she's involved, there's lots of practical things. There. There's lots of leading that needs to happen. So there were so there were there were elders, there were deacons, but also all of us use our gifts and we all do the mahi of church life together. And that's what we see in the scriptures. So, so in one sense, some, some people serve in one way, some people serve in another. Hopefully, we all use our gifts. And that might be set in vision and direction. It might be coordinating practical things. It might just be loving and doing the work of the church, which is to build one another up and to use our gifts. So, um, so uh, one bit of our leadership uh, uh, kind of stretches here is, is that Urban, Urban is a charity, so it has trustees. Now, the, the, the trustees of uh, Urban Vineyard are Lloyd, Robert Bycroft, Sarah Abata, um, and, and Hayden. Um, and they're basically going to continue in that kind of what I'll call deacon-like function, which is to, you're not to the set the vision, the direction, but to serve as overseers and stewards on our on the decisions on finance and compliance of the charity. So that's pretty much a, a, has been a constant. It's going to continue to be that they'll serve us in that way, which is great. Um, but in terms of our, that leadership community I was talking to you about, that group of 10 of us, um, going forward, what most of the current leadership community are going to be focusing on is more stepping into areas of practical service rather than doing the overall kind of vision and direction. So, uh, and, and Lloyd and Vicky are part of that, Matthew and Katie, Sarah Rankin, Liz and Lisa are all going to be making that change. So they're not going to be meeting in that kind of bigger group, but what they're going to be doing is putting all their energies into the amazing things that they do and serving practically and coordinating practically, um, which we absolutely love. So, so you're probably doing the maths and thinking, oh, what does that mean? So, so, so for, for Johnny and I, so we, we, and we've all, we were all kind of praying and discerning, and, and Vicky's going to share in a little while uh, about that. But, but certainly for Johnny and for myself, our hearts are c- to continue to be involved in leadership. Um, Johnny is looking to step down from his work commitments in order to provide some dedicated time and space to provide leadership within a small team of leaders. That's what we're hoping to be on a journey towards. Um, so Johnny and I are going to be working together really to try and reform and reshape that team um, from April over the coming weeks and months. Um, but what we felt as an urban leadership community was just a sense of this This seems good to the Holy Spirit, it seems good to us. And... Um, and we also felt we particularly would like to provide some financial resources to support Johnny in stepping into that role for kind of two or three days a week. Uh, 
because he's taking a making a sacrifice to free up time to serve us, and we feel like that's the right thing. It, we see it in the Bible about you know you know it's 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 right that you 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 know you don't kind of muzzle the ox as it treads the grain. I think is a proverb that Paul uses. So there's a sense of but there's a sense that we can with our resources create time and space to do that work of planning and pastoring and seeking God and and and, and shaping things. So so that's what we um, what what we have a sense really now. Our, our finances in urban uh, and and you can you can see this if you look at the 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 the, the website for the urban vineyard charity they're in a they're in a good place you know we've um uh, they're in a healthy state so we, we feel well able to do this so feel comfortable about it we share that with the trustees and they feel very supportive of that too so um so so that's the kind of the next step really for us um that we we feel what does it mean for urban well fundamentally we're in safe hands, right? It's Jesus who builds his church. Yeah, we seek first the kingdom together, but actually this is his enterprise, not ours. Um, this does not mean a kind of sudden disruptive change. You know, it's not like, oh, everything's got to stop. It's not like that. What we're doing is building forward. We're drawing on what God has already led us to be and on the journey we've already been on and saying, okay, Lord, we seek you now for the next bit and uh, uh, we can do that. And I think, one of our vineyard values, which I just wanted to really remind us of, of that, which is so important, even more important than ever, is one of our values is everyone gets to play. You know, this isn't like there's no kind of clergy laity in our kind of church. We're, we're all it, you know. It's the priesthood of all believers. Uh, and, so, and so actually God's equipped all of us to do the work of ministry using our gifts. And so we really want to do that. Um, so... We've had, uh, as I said, a real sense of God speaking to us uh, during the process of discernment. And, and I'm going to ask um, Vicky to come up uh, uh, in a second. Uh, and she's going to share a bit about what we felt the Lord showing us and some of what you guys shared with us. Um, largely because we feel like that's going to inform the next stage of our life together at Urban. And we haven't got, lot, there's not lots and lots of changes mapped out and all the rest of it. But we just a sense of, God, this is what you're doing. This is where you're, you're taking us. This is what you're talking to us about. So just in terms of this next little bit, I'm going to ask Vicky to come up and share those. And then we're going to also ask Johnny, uh, she'll hand over to Johnny. And he's just going to. Um, share a bit about his own heart, really, for this and what what is is thinking, and then I'll pop back up again, and we'll talk a bit about next steps. Then we're going to have a bit of a response time with with breaking bread together, and we're going to do some practical things as well, which I'll come back and explain. So, so the next bit then is just really want to hand over to Vicky just to share some of those words and pictures and just the themes of what God's been uh, saying to us as we've been discerning it. Thanks, Vicky. Wonderful. Good morning, everyone. This is by no means an exhaustive list, so bear with. And also recognising that I come as one of a many voices in terms of the urban leadership community. So I'm, you know, I'm happy, humbly bring these words and um, these thoughts to you. And you know, if any of you guys who are here go, hang on a minute, that's not that's not right. Feel free to stand up and correct me. <coughs> but um, but anyway, from my perspective and and, and from my best of my understanding, I just just want to share some of those words and pictures and thoughts that that we received. And it's not exhaustive. There's a lot more than just what's on that page. So we won't be here all day per se, and there'll be lots more opportunity in the future to hear, you know, a bunch of those as well. But I just also thought before I do that, you know, I was thinking about this thing about process. You know, that as we move forward and we're moving forward towards change, it also can be quite good to share a little bit about the journey that has brought us to this place. Not in a huge, long-winded sort of way, you know, point by point. But you know, sometimes you may be thinking, well, how did you get here? You know, what what was going on in terms of the last two or three years? What have you people been doing on? 
on Sunday nights for the last two or three years. You know, um, and so I thought it's quite good. You know, we are a people, we are together, and there's times to kind of like just help each other see a bit more of, of what um, those spaces might have looked like. So. Do you know, um, as Pete's shared, you know we've um, we've we've processed and we've worked through some things, and um, and it's spanned that whole you know our leadership community time um, to, to this date has spanned some really tricky times. You know, from normal Sunday night gatherings we started, which was so exciting and encouraging and inspiring, um, to then immediate disruption and instant lockdown from Jacinda, and um, and then Zoom calls and the un and the awkwardness of trying to relate and being a people who love to be together and being stuck in our own spaces, you know, seemingly endless interruptions for all of us, separation, complexity and challenge, that was how we kind of really kicked off, so it was a bit of a, um, bit of a tricky one. But, you know, through it all, the Lord has truly given us his grace and been so faithful. And so it's just like, honestly, I just want to cry in the worship. I feel so humbled by what he's doing and what he's done. And just how good he is to us. So we started meeting as a group, and it, well, I don't know, was it two or three years ago? And it was at Ruru Street, um, with the view of being intentional in a few areas. So I just wanted to give, you know, fill in some of the, um, the gaps around what was our plan? What do we think when we got together as a group of 10 or so people? What was our intentionality or decision around how, how do we be together? What was our process? So we, we just, um, we, some of the few areas, we know we wanted not only to serve, we knew we didn't want to only serve together, but we wanted to also share life together and friendship and grow in grow together as people. So we wanted to build authenticity and to know each other in a more relationally connected level. Sounds like urban, doesn't it? We just wanted to really do the same, same again, but we wanted to do it in that smaller sort of group with some reality around that. And we decided that we wouldn't let um, the need for task of ministry overtake being together in the ministry. We wanted to make sure we didn't get the balance wrong and it was just getting together to do jobs or tasks or lists, but we wanted to be able to ask each other, how are you, what's going on for you? So um, from the outset, we put some things in place to, make, to help that process and we started by telling our own stories. Each week, someone would take about an hour and a half, and it was fine because that was our only agenda. And they'd tell a story, and we'd hear each other's hearts. And there were sometimes tears, and there was sometimes healing, and, and sometimes you know real vulnerability, and then we would pray for each other. So that's how we started being. That's how we started being together as an urban leadership community. So, of course, that took a few weeks or months, given breaks and holidays and all the rest of it. And, but it was so enriching. And I think, you know, I was thinking, we grew in empathy and love. And then following that, when we finished that sort of cycle of being, um, we, we took time to do a discerning prayer process for each person. And if you're interested in that or you want more, you can ask me or any of the other urban leadership community people, what does that process look like? It's a lovely way of hearing God for each other. So instead of hearing each other, we decided let's hear God for each other. So we did that next, once again, for each other, praying for each other, listening and allowing the person to tell us, yeah, that spoke to me and that didn't, and then praying that back over each other's life, over their lives. So, um, so as well as taking care of tasks, we didn't want to lose sight of the importance of being with the Lord and with each other. And um, as well, we know we all need, and we needed those constant reminders, because we were all in sort of over our depth, we needed constant reminders that we were really loved, that we were cared for, that we're Jesus' friends as well as the servants. And Pete's talked about, you know, the transition points and how we've got to where we are. So... Um, so I think then in the last sort of six months or so, yeah, as he said, you know, we, we, there was a sense amongst us all of, a, of a, a, a feeling of transition, a feeling of change, a feeling of shift, but not knowing what that meant. And it was difficult because we didn't know what it was. So we're just sitting there with, well, we don't know 
but we, we know that we just want to press in. We want to press into God and, and wait, which is a very difficult thing to do sometimes, just wait with not having answers for yourselves or others. So um, so let me share now you know, some of the, the words um, that we, we have received from that, that process of discernment and things that have popped up as well other times. So it was kind of beautiful, I thought about this. We started with hearing each other's stories and other things and tasks, and then we started just hearing God for one another, and then we started trying to hear God for the church. So it's been a really precious pieces in that in that um, time I just wanted to I guess I just wanted to share that so so in terms of the words now this is obviously not um, all the words that we've received but we've been bro- they've sort of broken them down to three kind of areas firstly that we are still the same church um, Jeremiah 29 tells us seek the welfare of the city to which you've been sent and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you'll find your welfare yeah, um, so that's it. We remain a church, understanding our mission. That's that's who we are. That's one of the lovely things under that point one. We're still the same church. We're still to do the things the way he's inviting us to, just not rushing into programs that he isn't asking us to do, that he's got a unique purpose he has had and will have for our church in the city, and we want that. Another verse under this being still the same church, Psalm 21, 7. For the king relies on the Lord. God is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. And I've just that our process of waiting. So we're like, oh God, oh God, you know, <laughs> as well as just going, well, we wait for you and you're the God of justice. You put things right. So secondly, um, and there are obviously other verses under that point, but second, second area, we had a strong sense that God is slowing us down, slowing us down to take time um, and care over the changes that, that he's leading us through. Not just having a plan and rushing into it and being prepared to sit with the awkwardness of waiting. There's no rush, was one of the words. Take, let's take a slower path, as someone else had. Don't get on the fast train. Walk through the scenic area. You know, this is so difficult. The tension of holding that while you're con- conscious of, what, of what's needed and what people might also be needing. And, and, and so that's, that, that whole sort of tension was being held. It's the opposite to doing busy work. And so I think that's what was sort of forming in us. It was quite painful at times. And it tests our patience when we want fast answers and solutions. And yet, you know, we have experienced answers and provision as we've waited, as we've waited for him and for and that will continue to happen, I'm sure. But we've waited for him and before him. Like Mary was another word, sitting at the feet of Jesus in Luke 11. She was not distracted by many things as Martha was. Only one thing is needed, Jesus said to her. And, and, and I think that's almost our, it was our posture. We would choose to sit at Jesus' feet and listen. Sit in adoration, in worship, in attentiveness, which is what she was doing. And thirdly, finally, to simplify what we need to do, experience life together out of his grace with authentic relationships. Simplify has come up a lot. Simple, keep it simple has come up on repeat. And it's been wonderful. I mean, an old vineyardism was, you know, and Wimby, John Wimby used to say, keep the main thing the main thing. And I think that's kind of it too, you know, simplify, keep the main thing the main thing. So it's what we tried to do in that season. So Jeremiah 6, 16 stood, spoke to us in that, in, that, in that particular point about simplification. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you'll find rest. So walking out of rest, listening, responding, you know, at the crossroads of uncertainty and waiting and then walking where and when and how he's, he guides, as he does for all of us. But I just wanted to say this was some of the pieces that we would come back to and hold on to and hold before the Lord again and again. 
So finding ourselves at places of uncertainty where there was a lack of clarity, that's what we did. We just kept looking and asking and listening to each other and choosing what we hope and believe is the good way. Um, just being that relational community was another thing that came up over and over. Committed to journeying together, um, growing in faith and hope and love. Um, be it, albeit in, in little groups or, or in congregational settings or in G3s, whatever. Just keep, we just kept doing those kinds of things. Um, but growing in that so we can continue to share our lives with hopes and our struggles and be encouraged. And the other one, another one we received was, My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. You know, learning to hear the Lord is what we were doing, you know, through a myriad of ways, through, you know, experiencing peace and shalom, as we sort of thought we were hearing, oh, this is what you're saying, Lord. And then, you know, having been welcomed and welcoming each other, um, allowing others to be welcomed, to be welcomers of others, to make room for others, to know his peace and his presence and his power. So those are just, it's a flyover. And I'm sure there's people sitting here in the team who are going, but this piece, you didn't say it was so incredibly meaningful and helpful. But um, that's my, I guess, humble summary of um, some of the ways we've, of our being. There have been others. And it's been times of transition where courage has been required. And it hasn't always been easy. But that has been a piece of our journey from um, my perspective. And I hope I've represented the team in some way well. Johnny, won't you, Jonathan, won't you come? Well done. That was very good. Great summary. Yeah. So I, I just thought I'd share a little bit of of my heart in terms of the this whole process of determining my part to play, uh, whether God's calling me to greater degrees of service in the church, and and just in reflection. Uh, yeah, I'm just so grateful for this church. That aside from my immediate family that this is the church where all of my Christian formation has happened. It's all happened in, as part of this people. The church began uh, in the lounge of my family home. I didn't start it, but I was there. And, um, I still remember those, those gatherings, the sweetness of those gatherings. Um, and I also remember that it wasn't long until we were out of the lounge and meeting in the kind of grimy heart of the city. And in Wellesley Street, um, Sunday nights. And I, I was a teenager at that time, so I really loved being able to hang out in the city well, with my skateboard. And um, well, my mother and father and the, you know spiritual uncles and aunties were, were praying and, and worshipping and seeking God. Yeah. And in 2002, we, we took the lease of this underground car park, which some of you will remember, on Newton Road. Uh, just a stone's throw away, actually, from here. Oh, there we are. There's a picture of it. So, yeah, I remember scoping the building up. There's my ungainly teenage self. Um, just, uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting staring at this empty car park and and being with uh, with... Yeah, that's mum there as well. Um, and some other mothers of the church who are imagining and, and yeah, stretching their imaginations and the canvas of what God could do in that space and what that place could become. And it did become a really sacred place for me. Like I say, I found my faith as a member of this church. I found my, my voice as a leader in this church, with this church. I learned how to pray, how to how to um, read scripture, how to worship, how to pass on everything I knew. 
and formed lifelong friendships and relationships. And yeah, um, heard God speak in this place, saw God move in this place. And much laughter and even tears. The kafit became almost holy ground of all the life that happened there. And I think that the church here is still holy ground. It's still, I see it as sacred, a sacred place. And I'm really grateful, I'm grateful for all that I have received from this, from this church. It's sort of not an exaggeration to say it's everything to me. It truly is. So as I've contemplated the, the possibility or the prospect that um, one of the options in front of us as a church was that we would cease together, um, I was reminded of this story in First Kings chapter 3 where a baby is brought before King Solomon and he's asked to determine who it belongs to. There's, there's two women who, who are claiming it. And so Solomon declares that the baby ought to be cut in half and the two women can have a share of what remains. And the wisdom of Solomon in that moment, I think, is that, is that in this sort of terrible, terrible decree, he flushes out the, the mother flushes out the true mother who, who you know, says, look, I'd rather see the baby live than let it die. And it's strange to say, but I feel like God over the last sort of months has been showing me that my love for this church is, it runs so deeply, it runs to a kind of awesome and frightening kind of depth. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm the mother, <laughs> by the way. I think there are many of us who God has been speaking to and who has been showing us that the prospect of this thing ending, it's brought out the mother in us for this place. It certainly helped me to understand that that I love this place with a yeah, with a a depth that is, yeah, like I say, it's awesome. And as I shared a few weeks ago when I was preaching, you know, the church is not just a, the packaging of the gospel. I think the church is the expression of the gospel. I think the church is the full expression of the gospel. It's a, yeah, the church is, um, to quote Eugene Peterson, he says, the church is the appointed gathering of named people in particular places who practice a life of resurrection. So the church is not this abstract mass of people. It's not, it's not an abstraction at all. It's not the sum total of all the Christians in a area or a city or a place. It's a, it's a appointed gathering. It's been called to being by God. It's named people. We we recognise each other. We have a, speci a special identity, and it's not built on a lofty idea or a persuasive leader, but it's called together by Christ Himself. So the church belongs to Him, and this church belongs to Him. He's the leader here, and He's calling each of us in various ways to find our our lives here as part of this church. So. I think that's what it means to be an appointed gathering. But as for me, um, I feel God's permission to, to go deeper in terms of my service for this community. Um, I've never not been involved in serving this community. It's, as I say, this is where all of my spiritual formation has happened. But for me, it's been through service. So I've served as a worshipping member, which I'd say I put at the very top of the list. Um, as a musician, as an intern, as a youth leader, a small group leader, as a kitchen manager, that was fun. <laughs> as a teacher and lately, I guess as an elder, if we want to use that term. And I've done all of this for the same reason. It's because I, I believe that it's just part of my calling to, 
to do whatever I can to enable the church to fulfill its mission, its whole mission. And so that's why I serve. That's, that's the reason I serve. And I'm grateful to belong to a church that would have me serve like that. <laughs> you know, like, like Peter said, you know, um, everybody gets to play, even, even people like me. So um, the prospect of taking on greater responsibility to serve in this church by providing leadership within a team of leaders is an awesome privilege. And I don't really see it as a radical departure from what I've already been doing in many ways. Um, it's just a continuation, like, like Victoria was saying, and perhaps an increase in terms of focus and time. So, and, you know, ultimately, unless the Lord builds the house, you know, the labor is labor in vain. And I, I, I think that, for me, I just want to continue to wait and practice these things which we've learned together in terms of discernment, in terms of not rushing ahead of God and waiting on God's specific guidance. But it's encouraging to, to get a sense, I guess, together of his generous permission to continue, to look, look to the future together as a people and to ask for more. I'm convinced there, are, there is more. You know, there's many rich chapters in this church that are yet to be written. There's friends who we haven't met yet, who haven't, who haven't walked through those doors yet, but we will meet them and they'll become their people in our lives. There's, there's kingdom exploits and, and adventures ahead of us as well. Miracles and deliverance and healing and all that fun stuff, but also like justice and hospitality and, and being a people. So it's an awesome thing to belong to this church. Come Holy Spirit.